I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Welcome back to Keanu Believe It, the Talk Film Society podcast that is all Keanu Reeves all the time. I'm Sam Van Heron, assistant editor at TFS and a lifelong fan of the singular Keanu Reeves. I am your guide through his diverse and interesting career. Each week, a guest and I discuss a film from his filmography, which we've been working through in chronological order. On this episode, we'll be discussing John Wick. Joining me to discuss the revenge action film is Emily Von Zela. How's it going, Emily? Awesome. Thanks, Sam. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Very excited to talk about this movie uh, and to talk to you about Keanu. Uh, so, as it's your first time on the program, uh, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about your history with Keanu, your uh, thoughts on him overall? Uh, I think Keanu Reeves has proven to be one of the greatest, most diverse actors of our time. I think that I first uh, was made aware of him when I was in junior high and Speed hit. And that became one of my very favorite movies that summer. I watched it so many times. And then I kind of, I remember I kind of went back and I saw some other stuff that he had done around that same time. Fell in love with Point Break. I was a little teenager, and so the opening shot where we see Patrick Swayze surfing juxtaposed with Keanu Reeves, and they're both like very wet and wearing tight garments. Right. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I really dug it. <laughs> um, and then just going over his career, he's done a lot of different things, and I think that we've gotten to the point where he's really embracing a lot of the strengths that he's displayed over the course of his career but he's really leaning hard into them now and i think one of the primary examples of this is john wick so i'm sure. really excited to be able to talk about it yeah for sure i mean this is kind of the one that's been uh that we've been leading to uh for a while i mean it was part of the reason i i mean i've always loved Keanu, but part of the reason i started this podcast when i did was i was trying to uh and i think i'm on goal to do it is to be ready for john wick three uh i think the last episode before that's going to hit of this episode of this show is going to hit a week before that. So yeah, I'm, uh, but yeah, leading to the John Wick movie. And, uh, so it's just great to finally be here. Uh, where this is, uh, the 44th episode and we're at John Wick. It's exciting. Uh, but it's funny that you mentioned, uh, you know, speed and part break, obviously, because those are, I like to think of Keanu's been in basically four of the ideal versions of certain kind of movies. Like he was in, uh, I mean, and I think of that, like, Matrix, The Matrix, Speed, and uh, Point Break are all basically perfect versions of the kind of movie that they are. And I think John Wick is also one of those examples. So uh, Keanu is just kind of, you know, the, every every 10 years or so, he comes out with one of the best action films around. So Yeah, and everyone kind of remembers, oh, yeah, I do love Keanu Reeves. Bring me more. Right. I mean, because we think about him as one of the great action stars, and he for sure is, but it's funny that he's only 
really been in a handful, but they're just all they just all happen to be uh some of the very best. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah. Uh, speaking of John Wick, uh, why don't you talk about a little bit about your? Like, do you remember the first time you saw it? Like, did you see it in theaters when it came out? Yeah, I saw it in theaters opening weekend, and I freaking loved it. So many headshots in that movie. John Wick blows everyone's skulls apart. He for and- sure does. <laughs> It was so exciting because it's a movie that you're invested in right from Mm -hmm. the start. And it's not bland in any way. The way it opens up this criminal underworld that kind of lives parallel to the world that we know is really, really cool to watch. And even though we don't get a ton of backstory on John Wick, we get all of the important pieces, so we feel like we know him as a character, and we're so on his side. Right. Like, dude, you kill a puppy, <laughs> you get everything that's coming to you. Right. I mean, and it's like, and he just got the puppy, too, which we'll get into. It's all, I mean, but like you said, yeah, like the, this movie does just such a great job of world building and setting up the stakes without having exposition all over the place. Like, uh, I mean, it's the perfect, it is in some ways, the as we talked about throughout the show, is like how Keanu is great as when he's at his best when he's not saying a ton, but it's all you know, it's all attitude. And but he's good at uh, you know, even if he's only saying a few words, the amount he brings out in those few words is just it's unparalleled. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Like he's not a terribly emotive actor but he's able to convey so much emotion through what he does exactly and this is exactly you know who uh and uh john wick is i mean like you can he just it's it's one of the roles uh Keanu was just born to play yeah and he embraces it 100 percent for sure uh i mean he's just he just really digs into it and like i mean and there uh we might as well dive into the plot a little here uh as uh, I like how this opens with uh, some movies uh, don't necessarily earn the opening at the ending, uh, but I think this one definitely does. And the fact that it's it's not really like in the middle of an action scene; it's like right at the end of uh, everything. And it just, uh, but it's a good does a good job of Keanu being able to set up, you know, him him bleeding out, looking at the phone, uh, you know, video of his uh, dead wife is just really effective and really gets you into that story immediately. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, and uh, but then we flash back. Uh, obviously, you know people who people who've hopefully you've watched the movie uh, if you're listening to this. But yeah, everything that kicks off the movie is of course. Uh, so his wife, uh, and again, this movie does a really good job of telling us the story without explicitly stating like there's not a moment where he comes up like he's not talking to someone. Say, oh, so your wife died. It's more just. Uh, I like how they show him like going about his routine, but it just happened. There's something missing in each. I like how he like sees things throughout his morning that reminds him of uh, her and their wife to- and their life together, and it's it's really well done. We get all of these important details without having like a big exposition dump. Mm-hmm. Like the movie gets into its groove really quickly and just moves along from there. Yeah, I mean it has no it has ver- it has no fat whatsoever. It's uh, just one of the leanest, meanest uh, of this kind of film, and it like it's literally there's lots of movies, you know, about revenge movies where it's like, is it? Oh, it's because he killed this dog. This is literally a dog revenge movie, and it's kind of refreshing that it's exactly what it uh, exactly what it is. 
Yeah, because that's the thing. Like, if the mob had killed his wife, we've seen that before. And yes, we're on his side, but I feel like it... Maybe just because it's tired and maybe because it's predictable, we wouldn't have been as excited for him to get said revenge. Yeah, I think a, a lesser movie, uh, or even not even lesser, but just a different, another movie would probably, yeah, or even if uh, the mob didn't kill his wife, it would be something like maybe later on in a sequel we'd find out, oh, they, uh, like, they killed her to get him back in. But no, that's not at all. This is just, it's kind of the themes of the movie where he, uh, where he thinks that he like uh maybe partially that she died because of who he was, you know, like that she this is what he deserves. Like he can't have happiness and it's uh but then again, like it's still got that uh dashes of hope. I mean this uh this puppy is also just adorable and it's oh my god. <laughs> I am one of those terrible, terrible humans who likes animals more than most people. <laughs> so you kill the puppy, and I'm just like, that's it, 100% buy-in with this character. I don't care what he did before. The people who killed the puppy are worse, and I want to see them punished. <laughs> uh, and it, so it, I remember uh, watching it and the first time, and like, so I had a dog named Daisy, and I'm like, oh my god. Oh god! Just, just the worst. Uh, but it's, uh, so it was just an extra little... Uh, knife twist and I'm like okay yeah do whatever it takes to get this guy <laughs> uh, and but then again and again there's just uh, no fat whatsoever like so it goes to the funeral uh, introduces uh, Marcus played by Willem Dafoe I mean and his cast is just so good uh, and even a lot of these big actors that are only in one or two scenes is I, I love that about it it makes the world feel lived in and real yeah, and the actors are given so much with the short time that they have mm-hmm. that it never feels like a walk-on role. Like, they feel like real meaty characters. Yeah, especially, like, I mean, I always... Uh, John Leguizamo is in both movies just for, like, one or two scenes, but he does so much in that little amount of time that, like, I want a movie about Aurelio. Like, I want to see what his yeah. world is like, you know? Uh, same yeah. with Marcus. Uh, to see what they're... I, wanna, I mean, that's what's so great about this... this whole underworld of assassins and all the uh and just like i want to see what uh shenanigans they get up to in this world but uh it just speaks to the <laughs> uh Derek Holstead script and also just the way uh those actors just kind of they know that this movie is something interesting and something fun that they're gonna dig into it yeah, and they all seem to fully embrace it. Like everyone seems to be on board and excited to be a part of the project and it really, really sells. Yeah, uh, and then, and I like the, and again, like, they're not, uh, so this guy that ends up killing John's, uh, you know, stealing his car and his dog, and his, uh, the, like, there's, there's this great scene with the introduction of uh, Alfie Allen's uh, Yosef, uh, and there's just this, like, it shows that John is this, uh, you know, he, he likes, he's a cool guy, and everyone wants to, uh, you know, they see his car and he wants it, and then... Uh, you know, Yosef is basically just this spoiled prick who's going to do whatever... Like, basically, he gets slighted, and he's he automatically, now I have, to, I have to screw this guy over, even though he's going to regret it for his the rest yeah. of his short life. He is such a little brat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's exactly what you imagine when you think of someone, be it money earned illegally or money earned legally. Like, he grew up 
with a lot of privilege and daddy took care of everything and he gets his way no matter what. So he's going to act out like a little toddler (laughs) and sometimes little toddlers will steal cars and hurt dogs. Yeah. And I, uh, there's this great, so like when he takes the car to uh, Aurelio uh, and there's just, I like how everyone kind of treats Yosef like he is this little shit. Like he is this, like they're, (laughs) Like where he he's like oh is that what you, you kill this and then he just punches him and it's like not a big and but then also it's just because he's able to say like uh, he knows that he'll say to his dad that it's John Wick oh yeah okay I get it you did the right thing punch him more yeah <laughs> slap him around some more he clearly hasn't learned yet uh, yeah I mean and it's just so good how John Wick is like this uh, I mean boogeyman they literally that's his that's his assassin codename is the boogeyman and uh i love that so much i love the he's almost got uh some horror vibes there where the the way they <laughs> think of john wick and there's even like he think like uh vigo tarasov the big crime bot big bad in the movie uh even sings a song while he's showing the uh <laughs> it's so good it's so good and i love Every reaction that Vigo has early on when he learns that all of this is starting because his kid pissed off John Wick, it's just a series of, oh. And then he turns up, he hangs up the phone and that's it. Like he fully understands the stakes and he fully understands the error that his son made and he knows the shitstorm that's coming. Exactly. Uh, and uh, I love uh, Michael Nike, the late Michael Nikevis in this. Uh, I think this is maybe. It's probably my favorite role of his, and it's just because he, I think he's, again, he just knows what this movie is, and he fully is just having a ball with it, and uh, it makes me sad every time I see this, I'm like, I could, I would have loved to see more of this kind of role from him. Yeah, he was so amazing in this. I love his role. Uh, I mean, yeah, again, everyone's so good, and every, uh, I love the, uh, but there's some things I picked up on this time around uh, of how... Uh, these first scenes do such a good job of establishing the stakes and the character of John. And there's this uh, moment like before the, so he's like having this, uh, this routine where, you know, the before his wife's funeral and it's all sad and lonely and it's, you know, it's it's lit darkly and it's, but then as the pup, when he has the puppy, everything starts to be a little brighter, a little bit. He's doing through the same routine, but now he has this uh, dog and you can kind of think of, maybe he went through the same routine with his wife and it just makes it all really the emotional stakes are just uh, presented so smartly and uh, right up front. Yeah. And you, that's a really, really good observation about the lighting because after the puppy does come, it feels, it doesn't feel like his grief is gone, but it feels like maybe the cloud is alleviated just a little bit and he's getting a little bit of a break. Warmth peeking in and then maybe he has this, a chance of, uh, as he says later, like grieving unalone and like it's, and then, but then the, the fact that we have those, you know, really honest and sad emotions in a movie that's about to have a bunch of, uh, headshot action is just, <laughs> I, I love it so much. Yeah. It doesn't, I love that it doesn't play with emotions and make them feel false Mm -hmm. just to get them into the script. It really sells them. And I think sometimes with a script like this that is so lean, that can be hard to do. But I think that it pulled it off perfectly and it really gets the audience invested in what this character's experiencing. For sure. Uh, And 
uh, so then after uh, now the uh, and he there's this great uh, like how his and also his car like even they make you there's a scene with him uh, driving his car on an airport and like the the airport security guys just let him through because he's John Wick and uh, <laughs> but it's just also like again this car is another thing that he uses to deal with that grief it's it's something that he can it's an outlet for him and so this is again these are the two things that this punk kid's about to take away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he happened to do it to the uh, most deadly assassin of all time. So, yeah. As you do. Big mistake. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so now the dog, you know, so now the car is gone. The, uh, Daisy is dead. It's all very, very, very sad. Uh, and they, I mean, it's one of those things where I'm glad they don't actually show Daisy get killed, but then it's also, there's this the heartbreaking when, where the dog like climbs to John uh, while he's, uh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And I think I'm, I can be one of the people who complains loudly if filmmakers throw in animal deaths just for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. This one, I don't mind because it's so central to the plot. And it's, like you said, it's heartbreaking. Like, it's not vicious and mean just to get a rise out of the audience. Like, it really, really breaks your heart and John Wick's heart. So you're on the same page. Uh, yeah, for sure, and and the way he, uh, but then at, like that he immediately there's this shot of him like they show him burying the dog and then holding his collar and then there's this great cat where he just like where you see in his face just shift from like uh, he's grieving again to okay that's it people are gonna die like there's yeah. <laughs> But it's not like he gets totally amped up. No, no. It's just like a subtle, okay, now we're doing this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he like goes and, uh, you know, busts open his, uh, that he buried his, you know, his gear and his uh, coin. And I love, I just love the gold coin uh, that this is like yes. the the currency of the assassin underworld. And I, uh, every little uh, dash of uh, that world building just makes me uh, giddy, and I like I. Yeah. <laughs> I remember before watching. I, I assumed it was going to be a fun, you know, action movie. I knew that you know the guys who did the stunts for the Matrix were going to the stunt double for Keanu was directing it. And that was really so. I knew the action was going to be good, but I had I did not expect it to be so. Just to be like really interested in this world of like a connected universe that I really like, you know of this. Uh, I had no idea, and I love it so much. Yeah, the details are really, really incredible because it shows that they went beyond, okay, we have this good guy, lone hero guy, we have this bad criminal organization, and then they're going to go at it. Like, we dig so much deeper, and we provide so much more building for the world and the way that world influences these characters that it suddenly becomes a movie so much bigger than we imagined. Exactly. And the the way that, like, Vigo is that he's not really part of, I like how, at first I wasn't really clear, like, if Vigo is part of this assassin, but it's more that he's, there's, like, these two worlds. Like, he's part of the criminal world that uses these assassins to, you know, further their goals. Like, that's what he says, that uh, he gave... Uh, Vigo gave John uh, an impossible task that he would let him uh, be able to escape this world. And he pulls it off. And it's basically like, and he says, like, you know, the bodies we buried that day are, you know, we built this foundation or whatever that we're on now. And it's like, so he's basically saying that he uses, that these criminals use these assassins who are uh, purely apolitical. They're very, you know, it's very much just like 
if you're going to pay us, we'll kill people for you. Like, that's basically what it is. And uh, I just yeah. like that there's this, uh, that it's just uh, par for the course for these criminals to be using these uh, assassins for, like that. And it's really cool. Yeah, very. Especially when we get to all the stuff at the Continental mm-hmm. and we get to see a little more of the assassin side of it and how that network go, go sorry, how that network works itself and then we meet Ian McShane. Yes. Uh, I just love I love every scene in the Continental. I love this whole uh this world of like that there's like, you know, uh doctors and uh like maybe even a tail like later in this in Genomic too where they even get going to in more depth with that, but it's, I like how it's, uh, I just like the subtleness of it here where it's presented, but not over explained. And yeah, of course you get Lance Reddick and Ian McShane as the two uh, faces of the continental. Of course. God, I, love I love them so much. <laughs> and then I love that, you know, we're in this underworld and everyone here is an assassin and they're kill- killing people for a living. But we have this very specific order and code that we live by. And we follow the rules of the Continental to the letter. Right. And everything is very polite. And it's all very respectful. And it's just such a cool thing that they developed with that. Yeah. And uh, even, yeah, I mean, right before he went to the Continental, there's like the cleanup crew where he, you know, orders a dinner <laughs> reservation. Uh, and... I'm blanking on this actor character who's in Twin Peaks and stuff. I'm blanking on his name, but just, yeah, full of great character actors throughout. And it was like that they just yeah come in and clean up his house, and even the cop that you know his friend Jimmy that comes out and check in on him. Like there's just this whole world. Like everyone kind of knows that this is how it goes. Like, and I think it's part of why uh, the the I mean this movie does you know have a lot of. Uh, it's very violent, a lot of you know, a lot of gun violence, but at the same time, it feels it's in this world that's like a little heightened. Like it's almost like a this like fairy tale mythological world that just happens to be set in ours, and it just makes it all feel a little just that heightened nature of it makes it uh, makes you be able to enjoy the uh, action completely. Yeah, and that's a good way to phrase it. I always think like it's not quite like a comic book movie because it's not that exaggerated mm-hmm. of a world, but it's not exactly ours either. Right. Uh, so I mean, I mean, may- maybe there's a assassin underground that we don't know about. That. Oh my uh, god, that- I'm choosing to believe that there is, <laughs> and I would like to join it. I'll. I have to go to the gym a lot, but I'll get there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the but yeah, I like, and then he. Uh, this uh, Winston is just so good, and the, Ian McShane is so great. Uh, and again, I just I wish I want more of them. But that just shows how good they are, and how uh, well developed the characters are, and how great the actors are. But uh, but every little bit that Winston's in it, he's uh, full Ian McShane. You know, chewing the scenery, being uh, pronouncing everything perfectly. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I love the way he drinks a martini. <laughs> It's all fabulous. And the way he calls him Jonathan is just great. Jonathan. You know? <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and, uh, but yeah, also Lance Reddick as uh, the, basically the ferryman, I think he's uh, Sharon, uh, like, we're, yeah, he's the, again, talking about the mythological aspects of it, and, uh, I mean, even John's tattoos and everything, it's very, uh, it makes me happy as a nerd, uh, and it... <laughs> Uh, but also just, yeah, Lance Reddick, just, uh, with his little, with his accent and, uh, he just, uh, every line is gold from him too. Yeah. He has become one of my very favorite character actors and anytime he shows up anywhere, I get excited, but just the way he's, 
he's providing a service because he works for the Continental and John Wick is there, but at the same time, he's very much an ally and a friend, and yeah. he communicates that yeah, you like kind of underneath his his dialogue. Yeah, you can just see the joy in his face of like when he when John shows up. It's like, <laughs> oh, good. Like the I don't like these uh, these ever since he left. Like you can kind of think you can see that it's, again. No dialogue. No, there's no exposition saying this, but it makes you think like that ever since John Wick left. That like the new the guys are just, they're just not the same anymore. You know, things aren't the same anymore. Like this is cool. Yeah. Like this was always his favorite assassin, <laughs> and now he's back and life is golden again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> And uh, he even talks about, like, they even have a little, uh, where he says, like, when did the hotel get a facelift? Meaning that they, like, this uh, this is the more modern version of, it's like, again, since he left. I think they even said they did it, like, four years ago. So, again, that he's been out for five, and now everything's changed since he left. And uh, now as he's coming back. Uh, and it's something interesting is, original the original script, uh, the character was more, like, in his mid-60s. So it's going to be, like, kind of like a... You could see like a Liam Neeson version of it, or like the. But then when they cast, uh, but I just like that Keanu is this like he's a little bit younger, but his age is never really uh, a thing of it. But it just shows that he was like he's the veteran, and now he's coming back into this world, and he doesn't really recognize it anymore. Yeah, and I like the fact that he's young enough that he. It's conceivable that he got out early because he met this woman and he just was done with the life, as opposed to Mm -hmm. if you had played it older, it would have been more along the lines of, ah, grumpy old man, I can't do this anymore, I'm (laughs) retiring. Yeah, and I think even originally there was a much lower uh, body count. It was going to be kind of just more like a, where like there would be fights, but it would be like one person instead of like 15, but that's just because they... They wanted Ooh, to have like, no big, fun. Uh, sh- yeah, exactly. Lots of fun. <laughs> lots of shootouts. And uh, so uh, at this point, uh, Vigo uh, has a two million dollar contract out on John, uh, and I like how there's this the way they set up again they set, the way they set up the rules of the Continental is just through uh, events happening instead of just this. It doesn't sit down and have like a big graph of like telling you the rule. It's basically like uh, oh no, there's these rules that we're going to find out when we need to know about them. Uh, and so in this yeah. case, it's uh, Adrian Palicki, who's great in this, also uh, as uh, the very jerky Perkins. Uh, but she's like, <laughs> she's just so great at like uh, being this, like someone who doesn't give a shit about these rules. And uh, but I like how we like show that oh, she's going to break these rules, and we assume that uh, you know, uh, Winston says something about incurring heavy penalties, and we don't really know what that means. But uh, I just like how that's basically her purpose in this movie is to like set up, the, show us more about these rules and what happens if you break them. Uh, yeah, because she's totally driven by the money and she's not as respectful of this world as a lot of her cohorts are. Yep, exactly. Uh, Which kind of makes me wonder how she lasted this long, <laughs> but I guess when you, you know, double the bounty, that's kind of worth giving things a shot. Right, uh, but yeah, it's almost like, but it's, they even make a point where she's like, her and John are familiar with each other, uh, and so like, uh, and there's even a line when uh, later on when she fights, she says like, "You were always a pussy" or something, you know, like the, that they have this history a little bit. But basically, she thinks that she can do, yeah, basically do whatever she wants because she wants. She thinks she can pull it off. And uh, but yeah, so now, uh, oh, also, uh, he uh, Vigo offered the contract directly to um, Willem Dafoe's character. Uh, basically, and so now we think we're we're wondering if Marcus is gonna. I think uh, probably the first time you watched it, you're like, because Marcus shows up at the funeral kind of mysteriously, and so I think 
You don't really know what his uh, if he's going to uh, honor his history with John or if he's going to go for the contract. But uh, Willem Dafoe does a good job of like showing that that when he does turn into a full ally, that it's uh, convincing and you you love him and uh, it's really well done. Yeah, and I love the way Defoe played that because I do remember the first time through, I really wasn't sure what to make of the character. Mm-hmm. Like, he's always there, but he's never behaving in quite the way you expect him to, and then it comes full circle in the end, and we realize, oh, he's on John's side. He's a good, true friend. Right, and I even and they even a little bit of character detail there where he's, uh, every, time, every time we show him, he's, like, ma- making uh, carrot juice. Like, that's, a, like, vegetable juice. Like, <laughs> that just makes me like a little detail that's, like... He's an assassin, but he cares about, you know, he's, he cares about uh, what he puts in his body. (laughs) (laughs) Good digestion is important. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So uh, now John is like, there's this great, I love this conversation between uh, John and Winston. uh, And again, McShane uh, basically just having this, uh, you know, doing his, uh, having a ball with this dialogue and uh, saying like, you know, if you big, you know, there's a line of, if you dip a pinky back in this pool, you may find something reaches out and pulls you back into its depths. Like it's just a great line. I want, I would listen to McShane deliver dialogue like that all day. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and so basically kind of saying like, listen, John, I know you're thinking that you can just do this and it'll be over, but you know, he's kind of, and it's stuff that if there are lines that matter more uh, in retrospect after seeing the sequel where like you see what, he was talking about where like the things that are going to pull him back into this world. But I like how in this it's presented, but it's more just saying that like, uh, who John, what, who is John? What's he going to do to, uh, what's he going to do now that he lost his wife and his dog? Like what's, what's going to happen? And, uh, but it's just set to those stakes. Well, and, uh, you also just, you, you see, cause you want John to get revenge, but at the same time, you're like, what's going to, uh, result from this. And it's, it's, well put together for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then that leads us to, uh, so early on, uh, we skipped over the first scene where he, uh, Vigo sends these go- these goons uh, to kill him. And this is this great, I, I love this first action scene because it, it's really quick. It just shows him dispatch these uh, 12 guys like they're nothing. Uh, but it also, it does a good job of showing how, just how good John is at this. But also, it tells us kind of what we're going to expect from the action going forward. And I, uh, I really like that sequence. And it's, uh, I mean, there's this moment where he, the fights are just so brutal and uh, efficiently shot and so well shot. And there's this, but there's this, mo- this thing that causes me to uh, cringe every time, impressively, of when he kills that guy with the knife. Like he hits him, like hits the knife into him. It's just so, it's like, oh, it's yeah. brutal. <laughs> I also really appreciated in that scene, like, John knows where this is going. He knows all of the steps that are laid out. He knows what's coming next. Mm-hmm. So in anticipation of knowing that Vigo was probably going to send a bunch of goons to his house, he puts on his suit. He gets fully prepared. He's not going to just wait around in his pajamas to see if this is going to happen. He's going to work, and mm-hmm. work is just happening to be coming to his doorstep. Right. I mean, and he, like, so it's like, a, such, like I've wear just completely unfazed by it like this is just part of the he's back in this world now and it's like it shows how uh but also maybe there's part of his performance where he's like maybe i uh thought this would be harder like maybe i thought going back in would be uh 
tougher. And I mean, it is. He's like he's a little bit uh, more shaken up than usual, but at the same time, it's like it's like he was. It's like he never left. Turns out, assassination is kind of like riding a bike, <laughs> and you never really forget. No. Uh, what, once you uh, once you double tap, you never forget. Uh, and uh, so yeah, but then that leads us to the uh, this red circle sequence, which is for sure the best uh, action sequence of the film. Uh, it's oh, just that so, scene is amazing! So good. Yeah, all of the choreography is great. Everything is just so quick and meticulous, and I freaking love the way they lit it. It's gorgeous. Oh my god! Yeah, it's I. I I like how all of it's lit, but I like how this moment, yeah, this is where it's full, like, just the neon colors, the purples and reds and blue, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm in love with it. Uh, I, I love every, every shot is, uh, well composed, too. I mean, it's got great, uh, there's these, there's great shots of him, like, uh, the red circle, like, showing, like, a halo over his head, like, there's, it's full of these great, (laughs) uh, but then also, yeah, just the... Uh, I mean, it's just so refreshing that there's a uh, shoot 'em up. Uh, you know, they, they, they coined a gun flu, where he's like, you know, using uh, martial arts mixed with gunplay, and it's so refreshing to actually be able to see it instead of uh, hiding it behind shaky cam. Yeah, yeah. Everything here, it's it's very quick, but it's very understandable. Mm-hmm. Like, just the way they took the time to not only choreograph everything exactly, but placing the cameras there so you get all of the action in the frame rather than that kind of chaotic look that a lot of action movies have. This is really, really precision work. Yeah, I mean, it helps because uh, that Keanu can do all this stuff that he's, you know, he knows, like, he knows how to fight. He knows how uh, all of it works. And there's this, like, where he, even just the way he holds the gun is, like, uh, efficient, like, he... He, like it's uh, Keanu just inhabits this character so well, and it's because he gets to do all his own stunts and he's doing all this action, and then he knows that he's doing the training, and so we actually get to fully invest in the action because it is Keanu doing these things uh, with against probably all these uh, thugs are probably you know uh, stunt guys, so it's it's yeah. just really great, uh, <laughs> and uh, even just the way he like infiltrates this place, I was just like. He goes up to the bouncer and, you know, for reason by first name, it's just like, oh, did you lose some weight? Like, it's just, I love it. I love every moment <laughs> like that. Where everyone's just like, everyone's both uh, kind of in love with John, but also terrified of him. Uh, it's like, he's a great guy if you don't cross him. Uh, and so this, right. this bouncer's like... But then they know they're kind of on the wrong end of it, and they're like, crap. <laughs> yeah, the bouncer's like, uh, can I? You know, he's like, oh, thank you for letting me leave instead of killing me. Like, it's very kind of you. <laughs> Uh, he's like, this guy didn't do anything. He's just doing his job. I'll, I'll let him go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then he, all these other guys, he's just going to, you know, take out. And it's just uh, the there's this moment where he uh, starts killing these guys. And he when he stabs this guy through the face and he's like staring his eyes, as he, it's like showing, <laughs> oh, man, this guy is not someone you want to fuck with. Never. <laughs> uh, and then even there's this moment where he like has a clear shot at... Uh, Joseph, but instead of killing him, he, you know, stares in his eyes as he shoots one of his goons, and it's like, oh man, John is not playing. Yeah, like, I'm coming for you, I'm just not quite there yet. Uh, I mean, and then, yeah, but then also, like, he fights this guy, uh, like, the lead henchman of uh, Vigo, uh, where he, like, and he can't, doesn't beat him, like, there's this fight where, like, the John basically loses this fight, uh, like, he 
he's so into the, like again he could have ended it right there but that's part of the thing where he wants to toy with him a little bit you know he wants to he's letting the revenge get carried away a little bit and he uh, you know gets dropped like 10 feet uh, onto a hard dance floor and that's it it hurts <laughs> yeah that looked pretty painful I wouldn't want to do it <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, John, like, yeah, he's this unstoppable force, but at the same time, he gets the shit beat out of him in this movie. I mean, he, like, gets stabbed by a uh, champagne bottle, he drops 10 feet, he gets shot, uh, uh, and it's, there's even, like, there's this, like, this line between him and Winston where Winston says, uh, I thought you doled out the punishment instead of, you know, he's like, I guess I'm out of practice. Uh, it's, <laughs> and I just like how he is both this unstoppable force, but he's also, uh, human and takes damage. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And he takes it like a champ. Like he's, he's wounded and he's hurt, but he's like, okay, I have to get patched up because I'm not done yet. So break time, go visit the doctor and then on my way. Right. Uh, yeah. And I love the, yeah, he goes to the doctor. Uh, I love that, uh, Randall Duck Kim is in this, uh, as the doctor and, uh, makes me happy. Uh, it's also cause he was in, <laughs> The Matrix, and so it's a little bit of a reunion there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I like, I like how the... Uh, and there's this great line where he goes back to uh, Lance Reddick's character, and he says, like, how good is your laundry? And he says, I'm afraid no one's that good. Like, it's just... <laughs> I, I love the humor in this. It's very... Uh, it's not over the top, but it's, like, it's very dry, and uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, and then the following line when Lance Reddick uh, suggests a drink and maybe he should get some bourbon or something like that. I'm just like, yeah, you're a nice guy. If I got the crap kicked out of me, I would like a bourbon. <laughs> uh, yeah, he says like, yeah, like, uh, and would you like anything for the pain? He says, I think I've got that covered. Like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then uh, this is where uh, so it seems like oh, it's going to be a little. He'll have a calm night, of course, but no. Uh, and this is where we reveal that uh, we're like Marcus's uh, alliance, is, where he where his allegiance lies, and it, it's with John. So he uh, is like he's aiming at him, but then it's, he's able to see that Perkins is breaking in to try to collect. Uh, and this is a great fight too between uh, John Wick and Perkins. Just really, uh, it, again, it just looks like it hurts. Like it's not, it's not a, uh, it's not a glamorous brawl. It's very. Uh, hard-hitting and uh, unforgiving, and it looks like it... I mean, they break the shit out of the room, and it looks like that would hurt a lot. Yeah. And I think non-glamorous is a good way to put it, because they're, you know, they're rolling around on the floor, they're jumping all over each other, but it's not, like, it's not a pretty fight. It's in your face, and it's down and dirty, and it's not super... It's not super graceful, even though it is super graceful, because they achieved it. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, yeah, I mean... It, <laughs> Clearly, it was ve- it's very. I'm sure it was a very efficiently shot. And very uh, everything was done, uh, but it feels like chaos, and that shows how good, well done it is. And uh, I mean, Perkins just laying into him, and like there's this moment where he like covers with a bedsheet and's like you know beating her, like you know just oh man, it's lots of lots of face punching. Um, but so John's able to overpower her, and uh, and then again more. Uh, Every character, like, basically, there's no strangers he meets in this. Like, every character he runs into is someone he's familiar with from his past. Uh, like, Harry, like this guy, his, uh, Harry shows up. And uh, also, I, I feel, again, it's like, 
this is a good thing where Perkins is like the young side of it and Harry's like the even older side of it and uh, it makes you like that this world has changed and it's a good uh, as much as I like Harry and wish we'd have more from him but Perkins has got to be a jerk and <laughs> take him out but yeah nothing's going to stand in her way even though she should have stopped a long time ago right uh, so <laughs> this all leads to uh, basically to she's always uh, John could have killed her and would have been within his rights because she's breaking the rules but instead he like wants more information from her and so she uh, to let her live, he she gives him kind of the location to Vigo's stash house. And this is where John's like, you should have let me have your son, and now I'm going to uh, mess with your shit because you wouldn't give me your son. Uh, and again, just more of this world building. So what, like, where there's, there's this church that's a cover for uh, uh, for all Vigo's uh, money and blackmail. <laughs> like, that's, I love that. I, I want to know why, how they got that church and, uh, like, why there's this... Uh, tatted up Russian dude as the fake priest. It's all, it's all great. Yeah. When Adrian Palicki first gives the location and she says it's a church, I just figured like, oh, it's like an old building that used to be a church, but now it's like a, you know, a dumpy ruin and they've just kind of infiltrated it. But then we go there and we see that it is a fully functioning church with a priest and some parishioners. Right. Like the, and, and in the and basement, they have like criminal land. Yeah. And he starts shooting dudes and like the, there's this woman praying there that's probably just a plant that just to make it look uh, authentic. Like, uh, it's so good. And, like, when he gets to the priest and he says, like, motherfucker or something, like, the priest is like, uh, like yeah, this is not your normal church. Uh, it's great. Uh, and John, like, this whole, like, very, uh, he, like, uh, you know, just, like, oh, what's he going to do with his money? Oh, he's going to firebomb it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, why not? And so basically he knows that this will lure Vigo out, uh, and he's right. Uh, but again, this is where John's making maybe some decisions that he wouldn't have if it wasn't the revenge getting, you know, uh, taking over his uh, mind a little bit, because this is kind of kind of a bad plan. I mean, it's awesome, and I, it's cathartic, but, like, it makes sense that he's about to get captured. Uh, but, uh, so, but there's this, like, where he just full on, like, there's this moment where John is, like, uh, comes out of nowhere, almost like the Terminator in T two, where he's just like a, like this, just like oh there he is, he's shooting people now. Uh, it's <laughs> it's really awesome, uh, but then also like uh, he gets hit by the car and then gets captured, and this is where uh, you know maybe he could have pulled that off better, but at the same time we know we need we need to get him one on one with Vigo face to face now and. Uh, but I do like the fact that it's getting hit by a car that is the thing <laughs> that will slow John Wick down enough to get captured. Right. Uh, like, he had to get a car hit by basically two cars. Like, a car rams another car into him. Like, that's... Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it takes a lot to get to uh, get John to be able to have some dialogue with uh, Vigo. Uh, but I, I, this is the scene, uh, probably the most famous line of the movie, you know, the... Uh, people keep asking if I'm back, uh, and uh, I just, this is one of my, fa- I, I always like when Keanu yells, even when it doesn't work, but this is one of those cases where it really works. Uh, uh, it's just, and I like the, the conversation between him and Vigo is really, well, like, where they talk about, you know, times don't, you know, uh, people don't change, times do, or something, and basically, like, you're not, you you left, and now you're not part of this world anymore, and it's uh, it's just really great to see them together and 
even even as the awkward dialogue comes through a little bit where he says like uh uh you killed that from me like your son killed that from me but it's it works because yeah. of John's just upset because his freaking dog's dead so of course he's not gonna uh I don't know I just I like all of the dialogue here yeah I love that exchange you're right it's kind of grammatically weird but just he's so in the moment and you're like yeah you did take all these things I remember from an hour ago and I'm still so pissed so I hope John lays you out right you need that dog you need that uh they took your damn dog get get some revenge yeah yell John it's, it's all good we, we're with you we're with you <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, uh, Vigo kind of is trying to convince John to maybe, uh, let it go. Like, he's giving him one last chance to, like, you know, uh, he says, like, it's just a dog. Uh, they keep saying that. It's like, do not say it's just a dog to John Wick. Or to anyone, really. No. <laughs> it's more than just a dog. Come on. <laughs> it's always more than just a dog. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's like, this is, it show it tells you that, uh, this is a little bit of, uh, where he says, like, you know, she, he, the dog was my chance to grieve on alone, to be, to give me. Some, I mean, my wife's gone; she's everything. But at least I can, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep living because that's what she would want. You know, she would, she wouldn't want me to be a miserable sad sack and uh, do nothing with my life. And so, uh, screw you, man! I'm gonna kill your son. Let's go. Yeah, that dog was amazing. Your son is a piece of shit. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so yeah, uh, Vigo orders him, you know, to kill him. Uh, they start to suffocate him, and then, uh, but then Marcus shows up right, right in the nick of time again uh, with his trusty sniper rifle and uh, allows John <laughs> to escape. Uh, and he finally beats this big uh, goon that's been the guy that uh, beat him in the red circle, and uh, it all comes together. And uh, more John kicking ass. Uh, and I love this when he confronts Vigo. Is so good where he like. This big shotgun that he, like, just tears into his car. It's so cool. Uh, and, you know, forces Vigo to finally, like, okay, I'm going to rat my son out now. I'm going to tell you where he is. Uh, and, again, just no, it doesn't uh, waste any time. He literally goes right from there to uh, taking out Yosef. And it's, it's great. Yeah. And I love that... <laughs> So Vigo's fighting this the whole time because he's this douchebag's father and he knows it's his job to protect him. But if you were to like sit Vigo down and be like, hey, dude, what do you think of your kid? <laughs> I I don't think it would take very many glasses of vodka to get his true feelings on the subject. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the first time like we see them together, he, you know, <laughs> punches him in the stomach and makes him puke. Like that's not, this is clearly, <laughs> clearly not a healthy relationship uh, between father yeah. and son. His son is the ultimate disappointment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't do anything right. Even like can't go on a trip to uh, Atlantic city without, you know, screwing up my entire empire. So <laughs> uh, I can't trust you for anything. <laughs> uh, so, and then I, I like the scene where he confronts uh, Yosef where like uh, his friend is playing a video game and he keeps yelling like, Stop playing that. And then uh, John just just takes everyone out like it's nothing. Just, you know, sniping dudes left <laughs> and right and blowing up the cars. And then, uh, and I like how maybe another movie would, it plays with their expectations a little bit that maybe you think he's going to like, it's going to be this big fight with him and Yosef. But really, Yosef's nothing. He can't do anything. So it's basically like, he just gets to him and just like, just shoots him like it's nothing and then walks away. And it's, it's great. It doesn't uh, drag it out at all. It's very much like, Nope, it's done. Yeah. 
The only reason Yosef hasn't died before now was not because, you know, he was like an amazing match for John Wick. It's just John Wick couldn't really get close enough. Right. <laughs> it's just that he, yeah, he, it, there's just happened to be too many people in between uh, him and his target. Uh, it's not that this guy, some smart uh, Machiavellian genius has been able to escape him. It's very much like <laughs> he got lucky at every turn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and now we're yeah. done. Uh, and he even says like, He's about to say it's just a fucking dog again. Then he cuts him off with a, with a bullet. <laughs> so. uh, and now it just seems like, you know, it seems like it's wrapping up a little bit. But then it's, uh, but now we start seeing the consequences uh, it, uh, of breaking continental rules. Uh, where, but then also uh, Vigo kills Marcus for uh, not, you know, for betraying him, not not killing John. And that, that's, that hurt me uh i i would have liked it because i like marcus so much and i you feel that john is a genuine you know uh, he's a genuine friend of john and so it, it's sad when he dies for sure yeah yeah that was a rough scene i didn't want him to go no. uh but then yeah also uh perkins we see what the you know we're, we see what these uh grave penalties are for breaking continental rules and uh i love that they go to this uh i can't i don't it's a part you know, in central park where there, it's a pretty famous uh little tunnel area and the the way they uh the way these four guys come out of nowhere to take out perkins and like that's clearly you shouldn't why would you ever break continental rules if this is what's going to happen but she's yeah. just gone i guess <laughs> <laughs> but like it's just yeah but yeah i love that they they take her out and then the cleaning crew is oh. right behind them ready to yep. you know and take just gives 30 her coin, seconds you know, to like, get rid of the yeah, body it's great uh <laughs> It just, yeah, it shows that, like, there's this, again, uh, that every little glimpse into that world is so good, and that's uh, that's one of my favorite ones where it's like, oh, this is, this is legit, this is where, and it's also uh, where it end, where the second movie ends, too, so, uh, it's kind of, it's nice. Uh, but yeah, now, uh, Winston kind of tells, uh, there's this good, where he calls John, and he's like, basically, uh, Vigo kind of broke continental rules too, right? Like he kind of, you know, telling her to uh, take go out, go after him at the hotel. Uh, so he's not going to directly kill Vigo, but he's going to tell John where where he can find him. Uh, something kind of I picked up on this one, where it's like Winston's very much. It's it's always wondering if Winston is doing stuff for John because he likes him, or I think that is what it is. But it's also like partially, it's just he's got to follow the rules. Uh, and so he's going to give uh, John uh, Vigo's location. And so he takes him to... And I love this scene where he goes to confront uh, Vigo. It's uh, maybe my second favorite action scene after the Red Circle, just because it's like uh, gun-fu, but with cars. Like, he's... It's oh so good. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> and I love that over the course of that scene, Vigo gets more and more unhinged. <laughs> He's not the, you know, the tough guy in control anymore, but he's not like a weepy, fearful coward, but he's just kind of, he's amused. He's amused by everything John Wick is doing. Right. Like he's just laughing hysterically at like, I'm probably going to die about now. Like, or all my henchmen are getting (laughs) killed, but it's, he's so good at it. So I'm going to enjoy it a little bit. (laughs) And also I love, uh, Dean Winters, uh, places, uh, one of his like, uh, toadies, like where he's his main guy. He's always... Uh, kind of disturbed by everything that's going on. Like he, I really love him in the scene where he's like, 
Uh, sorry, and if he's like, does anyone have a gun? Like, can I? Can I? Yeah. What, who, is, who is this guy? What's what's wrong with him? Where are the guns? Somebody bring me a gun. And Wick is smashing uh, them with his yeah, car. And, uh, <laughs> so good. Uh, and there's this. Probably my favorite moment is where he like uh, John hits a guy, and as he's rolling over his roof, he's like shooting through the roof. Uh, it's just so great. Uh, and so yeah, he takes them all out, of course, uh, and then it leads to. Of course, a uh, knife fight on a dry dock uh, in the rain. And it's <laughs> it's just wonderful. So good. Uh, so they have a big knife fight. Uh, it all leads to... So it's just a really good fight. And I, I like how uh, Vigo is, you know, kind of capable himself. Like, he's not this... Uh, like, I didn't expect that. Like, where he'd be a final fight where it would be a genuine... I mean, obviously, John's had a rough couple days. So he's not necessarily at his best. But at the same time, uh, it's not... Like yeah, easy it's a lot more John. satisfying and challenging than with Yosef because Vigo actually is skilled and tough. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like he can. He does. He does. He doesn't do the stuff himself because he doesn't need to. But when he needs to, yeah, he can handle he, he himself. Can take it a little bit. Uh, uh, not quite enough because it's still John Wick. Uh, so he, uh, they basically. St- it's one of those classic where they stab each other, uh, but John's able to kill. Uh, Vigo first, uh, and I love these. I love this final scene a lot. Uh, the back to where it started with John, um, kind of about to give up. Like he's kind of ready. Like his, he got his revenge, and maybe he's gonna just let himself die now. Um, but then he hears uh, a message from uh, from his wife. Uh, I like the. This is a moment where he's like, he seems about he's about to resign to his fate, but then he hears. Uh, you know, his wife on this video that he's watching of uh, him, her saying, it's time to go home. And it's like a nice, where he's like, again, yeah, I, my dog died and my wife's gone, but at the same time, she wouldn't want me to just die yeah. here in this place. And I love the way, like you said before, it was a really earned way that they cut the ending back onto the beginning and showed it to us a little bit early because we get to see an introduction to the character through that video. And then we get to see a lovely conclusion by watching it again and seeing him at the end of this journey. I mean, Bridget Moynihan as his wife is, I always thought that was a little, it's a little odd because she's like, you know, she's such a small role, but I think it does a good, she does a good, she does great. Even though she's only in a few flashes at like, uh, the, the lines she has are like, uh, it's still effective. And, uh, but like that you, she, uh, you know, wants John. It's clear that John. She was clearly the best thing that ever happened to John, and uh, he's not gonna just go out. He's gonna respect her wishes, and uh, but then I love how after you also hear dogs barking. So oh, of course he's right outside a, a dog shelter, and I, I like how there's this great where he like you know breaks in and then you know uses some of the uh, medical supplies with the dogs, and then sees you know, a pit bull uh, in a cage and it's kind of like, he relates to that dog. He sees that he's been, that he, he and the dog are basically been through the same thing. That, that pit bull's maybe been through some shit uh, and they're going to find uh, companionship in each other. And it's just, it's such a wonderful final moment with him uh, pulling that dog out of the yeah. cage. I love not only that he found another dog to be his friend and fulfill his wife's wishes, but he was able to save that dog and they're able to go off and find, you know, their, their happiness together. It's sweet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, one, yeah, it's one of those, 
That is not the kind of sweet ending I'd expect from a no. uh, what we've seen before. But it's just what's so so special about this. So special about this movie is that it's uh, it's really. I, I mean, we've been gushing about it for an hour, but I can't really think of anything wrong with this movie. It's just such a. It's so efficient. It's such just kind of the ideal. Again, I've said it before, but the ideal version of this kind of revenge action movie, and it's. I really wouldn't change a thing. I think it's as close to perfect. Agreed. As, uh, yeah. Movie. It does everything so right, and I I don't know how many times I've watched this, but it's more than a couple, and it's just one of those great, fun movies that you can put on when you're in any mood and just sit down and and engage with it. Uh, again, it's just so, and it's so quick, like, it's like, it's basically 95 minutes long, and it's so, but it does everything right, it's got, uh, you know, it's, it's fun, it's uh, emotional, it's... Uh, badass, and it's pretty much everything I could ask for in an action movie. Top of its game. I love this movie so much. Before you go, uh, Emily, do you have anything that the fine people can find your uh, writings or musings on? Yeah, I recently had some pieces published at Bloody Disgusting and at DailyDead.com, and I'm also one of the co-hosts of the Dead Ringers podcasts, and we have new episodes up twice a month over at DeadRingersPodcast.com. We have a lot of fun doing that, and I'm always available on Twitter at Blog. Awesome. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. This was fun. It was a great time. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, join me next time where we'll be discussing Knock Knock. Uh, until then, keeping excellent to each other. 